welcome to the Service Industry Podcast. Here, you'll learn ways to grow and scale your business, marketing strategies, and a step-by-step plan from people who have done what you're trying to do. You deserve success and freedom of your time. Now, here's your host, Matt Smith. What's going on, guys? Matt here from the Service Industry Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Today's a special episode. Um, If you guys listened to the prior episode, you probably heard me say that um, I encourage you guys basically to email in any questions you had, and I would do my best to answer them. And so today, uh, I'm going to answer three questions from Kyle Rossi down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Kyle owns a Weedman uh, franchise. And they basically do uh, lawn fertilization and lawn care services uh, to customers all over the Chattanooga area down Tennessee. So if you guys would like to submit your questions, all you have to do is submit them to info at serviceindustrycoach.com and I will answer them. So info at serviceindustrycoach.com, submit one question, five questions, however many you have. I'll pick the ones that I have answers for. And I will put them right here on the podcast for all of you guys to hear. And hopefully this will be a good uh, way for you guys to learn and have me answer questions directly from the listeners on the show. So first question today is this, when should I move from my house to an office or shop space? And when I do, should I rent or buy? Well, let me just answer the second part of that question first. I would say majority of people um, that own a business should probably be renting their space first. Uh, The only time you should really be looking at buying a space, in my opinion, is when you have a proven business model, a business that's scaling. um, and, And at the end of the day, you have to remember, when you own the building, you're in charge of everything that goes wrong with it, right? So that can take your focus off of your business at times. The furnace goes out. It needs a new roof. You can take on all these extra expenses Whereas if you're just a tenant, that's something that your landlord would have to handle typically uh, and not you. So I would encourage somebody getting an office or shop space to rent, especially at first. When is the right time to move from your home to your to an office? Um, this is a, a question that's a little bit tricky, but in my opinion, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll share my story of, of when and why we moved. Uh, we moved, I believe it was around year two, maybe two and a half. Um, and the, the primary reason we moved from working out of my house to an office space was because one of our employees we had fired, um, he had done some things that, that just were not acceptable. We got rid of him and he started sending death threats. And, you know, he now knows where me and my family live. And it was just kind of at that point, I was like, you know what? I need to separate work and, and business a little bit. The business was at a point where we were really able to afford a, a small office space at that time anyway. Um, and it was going to help us to kind of build that company culture a little bit and, and kind of give people confidence when they came to work for us at our company that, that we're a growing company and, and um, things are going good there and it would be a good place for employment. That's the reason we moved. But the truth is, is it's really um, a matter of, you know, I know guys that, that have pole barns and, and shops on their property, or maybe they have a couple acres of land and, and they work out of a pole barn and, and they could grow a, a multi seven figure business working from that. And so I think it really depends on your situation. My situation, I didn't have that. We were literally working out of like a, 
a two car garage and, um, you know, doing office work inside of the house. And so I wanted to get out of the house as soon as possible. And like I said, I think the, the pro to doing that for our company, at least was we were really able to start to build company culture. People were able to show up to work versus showing up to my house, which feels a little bit more professional. When I was doing interviews and interviewing new, uh, potential employees, I wouldn't have to meet them at Panera Bread anymore. I could actually have them come into the office. So for us, it was just all those little things that I think add up. Um, so my opinion, you know, unless you have a really good setup at home, I would say make a goal, you know, in, in year two, year three. And I think at that time we were probably doing, I don't know, somewhere around 200, 250,000 of revenue, um, maybe a little bit less, but, but we were able to get a, it was small guys. We rented a, it was like a 15 by 15 office space in the back of a farm bureau insurance office in the back lot had really good parking for all of our trucks. Um, we were there for almost a year. It was a month to month lease and you guys can find those kind of leases in your area, especially for your first office. So whenever you can afford it and whenever you're ready to make that leap. Now, if you're an owner operator, I don't think you ever need to, you know, stop working from home in my opinion, unless for whatever reason you can't have a work truck in your driveway or, or whatever. Um, but for the majority of people that are trying to grow and scale a business with employees, probably as soon as you can afford it. Question number two, when is the right time to hire an office slash salesperson? Well, the answer is whenever you can afford it. But the way you have to think about this question is, what is an office or salesperson going to do for my revenue? Because you guys have to understand, employees should make you money. They shouldn't cost you money. So in theory, if I bring in an office person and they're going to take over, maybe it's a role that I'm currently doing as an owner operator or a salesperson is gonna take over a role that I'm currently doing as an owner operator, you have to think how much better of a job can that person do than me because that's literally their entire focus. So in my opinion, you know, it's not necessarily, hey, I can now afford to pay this person X amount per hour or a base salary plus commission. It's okay, how much more money do I think this position is going to drive inside of our company? And how much further ahead does that move that position into becoming an actual reality in our business? And so for the office role, the person answering the phones, doing the scheduling, maybe doing some of the quoting, I think you have to sit down and say, at, at what point are you starting to miss phone calls because you're busy, you're out in the field, or you're you know, on the other line with another customer doing sales calls, or whatever the case is. What's the opportunity cost there? And in my opinion, when you start to feel like you as the owner operator is slipping, and maybe you're missing phone calls, or maybe you're not getting the quotes out fast enough, or whatever the case is, you're probably already past the time frame of needing to hire somebody. So it's kind of a tricky process, but for us at the Dirt Hunter, um, we probably honestly hired too late, but it was to the point where I was answering phone calls while on the highway going to quotes. And I said, this just isn't professional. Like I can't do this well. And so we need to hire somebody that's going to literally answer every single phone call possible, is going to close way more sales. And when we did that, even though, yes, it, it was an employee on the payroll and that costs money, uh, the jobs that made up for it because we didn't miss calls or you guys know how it goes. You miss a phone call and you call someone back a half hour later and they already found somebody else. That stopped happening in our business. And so just that alone made up for the payroll that we had to pay for that position. So I would say as soon as possible and really figure out like what is the opportunity you know, to hire that position and how much revenue can that position drive your company? And if it's 
anything significant, then you're probably ready for it. Last question, number three, should I prioritize adding more services, like like offering more services, or should I prioritize building my customer list with the services I already have? So he's asking, hey, I've got a customer list. Do I now start to add more services onto my my uh, whatever you want to call it portfolio so I can now offer my current customers more or do I go out and find more customers with the services I'm currently offering so for example he does lawn fertilization he's probably saying hey I've got a customer list should I now take on gutter cleaning as a service and go upsell it to our current customers or should I not do that keep my list and, and my services simple and just go find more customers that need those and this is kind of a two-part question in my opinion, um, a lot of people think they've saturated their market with the services they have. So in their head, in order to make more money, they need to have more services. Uh, I think majority of people haven't even come close to tapping out their market with the services they already have. They're just not good enough at selling them or they just don't understand how to market their business in a way that they can scale. And so in their head, they think, well, Maybe I just need to offer my current customers more services and that's how I'll make more money. What you guys have to realize is when you start to offer a million different services, how in the world are you ever going to train your technicians to do anything well? And the reality is, is if I were to tell you, hey, I know you think your market's tapped out and that you've already offered the services you have to everybody in your core area, but what if I told you that was wrong and I could show you that it's wrong and we could actually scale the current services you have and you can keep things simplified? 95% of service providers would, would prefer to have a smaller service list, keep things simplified, and become experts in what they do. Now, the other thing is you can always expand your service area if you have somehow tapped out your market. Um, I know Kyle at Weedman, uh, I know that's something that is on their list of doing is potentially buying more territories so they can begin to expand their customer list with the services that they already have. And that, in my opinion, is a much better model than just offering a million different services. And, and you're basically at that point a handyman, right? And like I said, training employees is hard enough already. Imagine having six, seven, 10 services that you have to train your employees on and then trust that they're going to go out and actually do the job well. Where if you have two to four core services that those employees do every single day, they're gonna become experts at what they do, and you're just gonna provide the customer a way, way better experience. So in my opinion, I would be focusing on getting more customers with the services I have versus trying to add more services to the list that I have. So I hope that's helpful. Kyle, I hope that answers some of your questions. Thanks for emailing in, dude. And like I said, if you guys have any questions and you want them answered with my opinion, send it to info at serviceindustrycoach.com and we will see you guys on the next episode. Take care. This episode of the Service Industry Podcast has ended, but be sure to check out our other episodes. Please subscribe to the podcast if it has brought you any value. And as always, don't forget to rate and review the show. Does your home service business need help getting new customers? Matt's company, Service Industry Marketer, can help. Service Industry Marketer specializes in print marketing, Google AdWords management, and Facebook ad management. Visit serviceindustrymarketer.com for more information. See you in the next episode.